एक और जहां मुमकिन है 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 जहां फसलें सबकी साझी हो जहां खुशियां सबकी साझी हो Good afternoon and welcome to Speaking Truth to Empire on KFCF 88.1 FM independently owned and locally operated since 1975 in Fresno My name is Daniel Singh and I'm an anti-war and anti-empire activist Rich Withers is at the controls Today is January 18, 2023, third Wednesday of the month. Every third Wednesday from 3 to 3:30 p.m., I interview authors, scholars, bloggers, columnists, and activists who help us look at our world through the prism of American imperialism. On the show, we talk about U.S. foreign and domestic policies and the actions of the military-industrial congressional surveillance complex. These actions have severe consequences not only for the people here in America but also for the people in other countries. Today we have Jeff J Brown on telephone with us. Hello Jeff. Hi Dan. Uh thank you for being my guest. It's Jeff a pleasure. Jeff J Brown is a geopolitical analyst, journalist, lecturer and author. Jeff grew up in Oklahoma. He received a BS from Oklahoma State University and an MS from Purdue University. He went to Brazil while in graduate school at Purdue University, which wet his appetite for traveling the globe. The that helped inspire him to be a Peace Corps volunteer in Tunisia. and he lived and worked in Africa, the Middle East, China and Europe in the next 20 years. All the while he mastered Portuguese, Arabic, French and Mandarin. While traveling to over 85 countries, he then returned to America for 9 years, 2001 to 2010, whereupon he moved back to China in 2010. In late 2019 he and his wife started to retire in Thailand and had to return to Normandy France in 2020 to take care of family needs finally deciding to retire there permanently he is the author of the china trilogy which consists of 44 days backpacking in china China Rising Capitalist Roads Socialist Destination and Big Red Book on China His website is www.chinarising.puntopress.com Uh Jeff 2022 has turned out to be a monumental year Many significant geopolitical changes have happened which are changing our view of the world 
our future is changing very fast. Uh, we would uh, talk about a couple of those changes. Uh, number one is the Ukraine war. It seems Russia's action in Ukraine has may, uh, brought out many things that were completely uh, taken U.S. and NATO by surprise. Uh, they never thought the sanctions would backfire. Uh, they will, I mean, they never thought that uh, majority of the countries of the world would continue normal relations with China. They never thought that uh, Russia's oil receipts would skyrocket. And the other surprise is that the West is running out of weapons and ammunition, not Russia. So I would like you to give uh, your take on the importance of the Ukraine war and how it is changing the dynamics of uh, uh, Russian and uh, the Western relationships. Well, thank you, Dan. Yes, the uh, it's, we call it the Ukraine war, but it really is a war between NATO and Russia with uh, Ukraine being used as a proxy. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, James Bradley and I have done a number of shows and have exposed all kinds of horrific uh, crimes that were going on in Ukraine. Uh, the Russians have discovered money laundering, organ harvesting, um, uh, bioweapon production. Um, it, uh, it's just, it's just um, it was actually uh, the, the sort of the mafiosi um, uh, place where the West was doing a lot of their global global criminal activities. Uh, Russia, of course, had to go go in because since 2014, we now know that that the West has been planning this and getting Ukraine ready for this war. Uh, Macron, Emmanuel Macron of France. I'm sorry. Um, François Hollande, the former president of France, and Angela Merkel, the former uh, chancellor of Germany, both came out publicly and said that they uh, the Minsk agreement uh, was used to uh, buy time uh, to stall uh, uh, so that Ukraine could get ready for this war. So it's been a total disaster for the West. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're banning Tchaikovsky and Leo Tolstoy and Chekhov and everything Russian, um, it, it's sad. Uh, uh, you know, I can't even, you know, get on a, 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 a Russian website now in Europe or anywhere in the West mm. without a VPN. Uh, so it's, it's just totally blown up in their face. Uh, Russia has just gone from strength to strength. The only people in the world who are paying attention to the sanctions are basically the, the America and its vassal states, uh, Japan, uh, South Korea, um, the, um, you know, uh, Western Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, China has, has, is working with, with Russia hand in hand. India is working with Russia hand in hand. Uh, everybody else, you know, in the world has just said to heck with the West. So it's basically, 
uh, Russia's decision what to do. Are they going to stop and just ta- and just keep the eastern part of the country, the eastern twenty percent, where the people voted to to, re- to to go back into Mother Russia, or is Russia planning to go further into uh, Ukraine? I think they really don't have any choice but to to be quite honest to take over the entire country. Because if they don't have their tanks on the border with Poland and Romania, uh, 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 you know, on the bo- you know the the border with the European Union, they're going to keep printing money and they're going to keep sending arms to Ukraine because that's the only answer they have, uh, and it would be very much more difficult for them to, to to get arms into Ukraine if Russia had tanks on the border with Poland and Romania. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it's just been, um, uh, it, uh, to me, it's the beginning of the it's the beginning of the end of empire. I think it's a tipping point. Uh, I think it has exposed, you know, 500 years of colonialism and imperialism, and uh, Russia uh, uh, is not a country that uh, takes being uh, being. Uh, invaded uh, or, you know, threatened with invasion with NATO supposedly moving into moving into Ukraine. Uh, they were trying to get Ukraine to join NATO. Uh, then that and that that was the red line. So they moved in. Let's not forget the Ukrainian Nazis have been exterminating Russian Russian speaking uh, fellow citizens since 2014. Estimates are. 15,000 up to 25,000 uh, Ukrainians have been exterminated by these Nazis in Ukraine because they simply because they speak Russian. So uh, to, to, between you and me, Dan, I hope Russia goes all the way to the border to Poland and Romania and um, reintegrates all of Ukraine back into Mother Russia, where it has been for many centuries. Now, I will wait to see, but it might... Uh... Uh, not take that much time because I hear over 500,000 troops are ready on the border. So uh, what uh, Putin's going to do it uh, will probably surprise, be surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think I think NATO deserves it. I think America deserves it, and um, it's a humiliation for the West. But when you're empire, there's no humiliation. You just you, you know, you, 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 West, you know, Western Empire. They've got lizard brains. They, you know, reptile brains. They don't think. They don't. They just, they just attack, attack, attack. Uh, and all they know to do is to attack, attack, attack. And I think, um, I think 2023 is going to be a continuation of 2022. And I agree with you. There's a lot of rumors that that they're getting ready with Belarus to the north coming down and to take over Kiev and once that happens the rest of the country would be over it would be all over so um, uh, fingers crossed I know I'm not popular when I say that in the United States uh, or even here in France but I think the only way that we're going to be able to get rid of all the Nazis and the bioweapons and the money laundering and organ harvesting and everything else that's been going on in Ukraine since 1990 yeah, uh, the second uh, event, uh, monumental event that I'd uh, uh, like to disc- to discuss is uh, 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 Xi Jinping's 
visit to Saudi Arabia in early December and which uh, drew a big contrast with uh, Biden's visit to Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia and uh, US relationship I think goes back like uh, seven or eight decades uh, uh, to uh, around uh, World War II that Saudi Arabia has been working but this visit of uh, she's uh, visit to Saudi Arabia has was monumental I mean they signed a uh, uh, what is it about 34 agreements uh, dealing with trade and um, <coughs> economic uh, issues and uh, uh, tech, higher technology and BRI and the <coughs> other thing is highlighted is that they are on the same page on the regional uh, issues uh, dealing with Syria, Yemen and Libya so uh, that uh, in my <coughs> opinion it was a huge visit and I know you follow uh, of course Xi Jinping very closely so give us your take and well, what are uh, some of the takeaways it, for it, you? It, 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 is, it is as monumental of a bookend to Ukraine for 2022. We have to remember that of course in 1971 Richard Nixon took the US dollar off the gold standard and uh, convinced uh, Saudi Arabia and the uh, Gulf uh, monarchies to only sell their oil in uh, U.S. dollars, and of course, at that time, they were producing 90 percent of the of the of the of the of, of the world's oil, uh, and so that with with the reciprocity that the United States would guarantee their security. Uh, this was, of course, was back in the height of the Cold War, and so they bought it. And uh, the United States, you know, uh, put troops uh, in in um, most or all of the um, uh, Gulf states. Of course, back then, Iran was still under the Shah, <laughs> and so basically, muscle, you know, military muscle for uh, to prop up the dollar. Now, then, all, suddenly, everybody around the world had to buy dollars to buy oil and that allowed the dollar to be artificially uh, overappreciated. It allowed the United States to keep its inflation down. It allowed the United States to print money practically ad libitum, um, uh, basically cheating the laws of economics and finance. So yes, this the, the fact that she went there uh, uh, Biden's visit in July was a disaster uh, with uh, Crown Prince Mohammed uh, bin uh, Salman. Uh, he, he, he here he is chastising a supposed ally publicly, publicly uh, chastising Saudi Arabia uh, for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the um, um, uh, uh, Khashoggi. I'm sorry, the the Saudi journalist who was uh, murdered uh, in Turkey and, you know, saying that he's proud of the fact he doesn't regret that he makes he's making Saudi Arabia pariah state. He said that publicly mm -hmm. <laughs> in front of in front of the Saudis uh, during his visit. So 
I think, so, you know, did you, did you know that for the first time in decades, there is not one, there is no aircraft carrier, a U.S. aircraft carrier in the Middle East? Mm. The United States' Navy is so spread thin in Asia with China and Russia in the East. Um, most of them are back in the, uh, in the in U.S. ports because they're old and decrepit and they can't keep them running. So I, so there is no military support. Uh, back up now for for the Gulf states, and I think uh, the the Gulf states may also fear that all those troops that their U.S. troops could turn against them mm-hmm. and uh, start an internal um, uh, coup against these monarchies uh, to uh, make to to make sure that they keep the oil because the United States has no loyalty to anybody except. Um, uh, itself and, and, and to guarantee oil, oil, uh, supplies. So yeah, it's huge. It's huge. This is like the end of the Bretton Wood, you know, dollar, you know, do- dollar, dollar dictatorship. Uh, 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 Xi Jinping, uh, welcomed all of the Gulf states to start using the Shanghai petroleum and gas, uh, exchange. Uh, and in yuan in jinmimbi contracts contracts mm-hmm. not dollar contracts so uh it's it's huge it really 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 is huge i think saudi and it wasn't just saudi arabia he had to meet he had an official visit with in in uh the kingdom of saudi arabia but he also had a meeting with the gulf state council mm-hmm. all the gulf states um and then he also had another meeting with all the Arab states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this, you know, they laid out the carpet for him. Uh, you know, he could talk about, you know, uh, two, 2,000 years of common history with the, with the Silk Roads, you know, doing trade with, uh, you know, with uh, the Arab world going back 2,000 years, um, you know, uh, Chinese civilization, Muslim civilization, um, uh, common bonds, etc. Uh, and so he 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 hit a home run. Uh, this is this if if, and there are rumors that Saudi Arabia is already doing contracts in Jinmimbi in in the Chinese yuan, but they haven't officially announced it using the Shanghai contract. Uh, and of course, you know, Saudi Arabia sends a lot of oil to, to China, mm-hmm. as do the other Gulf states and gas from Bahrain and Qatar, uh, and the Emirates. Uh, of course, Iran was not involved in all of this, uh, because there's technically, you know, they're, they're Persian, they're not Arabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but, you know, last year, Iran signed a 25-year, $600 billion, you know, long-term uh, cooperation agreement with the, with China. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to worry about anything uh, in terms of competition. So, yeah, it's huge, Dan. It's really, it's, 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 it's as, it's as huge as the, uh, uh, American, uh, Russian war in uh, Ukraine, mm-hmm. but on a, on a more, strategic uh financial 
geopolitical level. Yes, it is. Yeah, huge geopolitical paradigm shift. Uh, you're listening to Speaking Truth to Empire on KFCF 88.1 FM, independently owned and locally operated since 1975 in Fresno. We are speaking with geopolitical analyst, lecturer, and author Jeff J. Brown. <coughs> Uh, let's talk about regime change. Regime change has been a tool of U.S. foreign policy for about 200 years. Of course, during the 19th century, U.S. Uh, started interfering in uh, South American and Latin American countries. Uh, overtly uh, regime changing in several of those countries. And in 1898, we had a Spanish-American war resulting in U.S. acquisition of Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines. And then, of course, U.S. sent troops to Russia after 1917 Russian Revolution and to China between mm -hmm. 1945 and 49. And, I mean, then we come to <coughs> CIA uh, formation in 1947, the regime change operation accelerated. I mean, they started doing it overtly and covertly all over the world. I mean, it's such a huge list. Uh, Iran, uh, Guatemala, Chile, uh, just uh, goes on and on. And, of course, when we uh, get closer to after 9-11 and stuff, uh, the couple of places, I mean, couple of places, of course, they have utterly failed Iran uh, trying uh, since uh, the Islamic Revolution of 79. So that's uh, over 40 years they've been trying, but they haven't gotten anywhere. Uh, but they don't give up. So... Uh, and then Syria the same way, and of course the reason they failed in Syria was because of the intervention, uh, Russian intervention uh, by Putin. So the issue is here, the point I'm trying to make probably is that even when U.S. succeeds in changing regime, they leave they just do a lot of death and destruction and they leave the area in a much much worse shape i mean we have example of iraq and libya what's going on there so they have done that so i would like your take on uh, a regime change that was done in pakistan where a very popular <coughs> prime minister Imran Khan was mm -hmm. removed and uh, it has turned out again that seems to be backfiring also it has turned out that he became hugely more popular after he was removed and <clears throat> uh, it's just uh, it's just getting uh, looking like that uh, the rented government and the uh, US uh, brought back the uh, uh, people that have been looting Pakistan, the Sharif family and the Zardari and Bhutto family for over 40 years. So anyway, I would like to, to have your take on uh, what's going on in Pakistan, regime change. 
Well, what happened, Dan, in Pakistan is no different than what happened in Australia in 1975 the, when the Australian government was deposed by the CIA and MI6, the British equivalent of CIA, <clears throat> MI6. Uh, uh, Gough Whitlam, uh, the prime minister, was deposed because he was uh, established relations with China, uh, removed Australian soldiers from Vietnam, and uh, was doing, you know, conducting diplomacy with communist countries and socialist countries and Western countries. But so what happened is they took five million dollars, which back then was quite a bit of money. They bribed every one of the members of the of the parliament in Australia, who then allowed uh, on a procedural way to depose uh, Gulf Whitlam and get rid of him and his um, uh, far, you know, visionary, visionary, you know, multipolar government. Same thing happened in uh, in Pakistan. You know, the CIA not only gets $80 billion a year in taxpayers' money, but, of course, the CIA, MI6, they control the uh, illegal drug trade, cocaine and heroin, the global, the global uh, drug trade, arms trafficking, human trafficking, money laundering. Uh, they, 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 they are the godfathers uh, for all of the uh, global illegal criminality, and of course they're making money off of that too. All that dark money they can spend however they want. It's uh, unfortunately, you know, if they if they come into Pakistan with five or ten million dollars. It's easy to bribe the members of parliament. If that doesn't work, there's always blackmail, extortion, uh, bri- you know, uh, you know, uh, br- of course, bribery, assassination, um, uh, f- uh, f- false flags, fake news, you know, psyops. So it was pretty easy to to get the you know to get you know to buy to to basically buy off the the parliament and, and get Imran Khan, who's in wildly popular. A world famous uh, former uh, cricket player, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and he was not one of the you know ruling families who were basically parasites on on the Pakistani economy. So he's you know he's he's still there, he's still fighting. But this is the same thing that's happening in Peru with uh, Castillo. This is the same thing that happened in Bolivia mm-hmm. two years ago. This is the same thing that's happening in Ecuador. This is what they're trying to do in Venezuela and failed. The the, the, att- the attempted the attempted color revolution in Brasilia against uh, Lula. All of this is 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 coming. All has you know Western foreign influence, money, 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 money. <clears throat> you know, in Hong Kong they were paying twenty. To- <coughs> 20 euros a day for people to to protest. Mm-hmm. I even there were even film film footage of people <clears throat> being paid money to protest. The same thing in Ukraine during the Maidan. They were being paid 20 euros a day uh, to protest in Maidan. Uh, this is what the West does. The West uh, uh, cannot um, deal with any country that it, it deems an enemy except by trying to overthrow it and destroy it. Cuba, Venezuela, Eritrea, 
Iran. I mean, the list is long. And uh, as you said, uh, unfortunately, some countries like Iraq and Libya and now Syria are, you know, just destroyed, uh, are destroyed by Western empire uh, and take no prisoners. And in the case of Yemen, it's the United States financing Saudi Arabia and the Emirates to uh, uh, to, uh, to to commit genocide in, in Yemen because the Houthis are are actually you know uh, socialists, uh, and so that's that's unacceptable. So um, it's just it's been going on for so long. It's been going on since the 19th century. Uh, it has not stopped. And it will not stop until the dollar crashes. And um, that's, you know, what that's what it's going to take to bring down the American empire uh, is the crash is the crash of the U.S. dollar, because as long as the West can continue to print football field size size, you know, sheets of, of, of paper and with with dollars and euros on it and keep getting away with it. With no with no financial um, pain, they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep sending tanks to Iraq to Ukraine. They're going to keep sending arms to Yemen. They're going to keep, um, you know, uh, uh, sending ships to to the South China Sea to threaten China. Um, it's all it all gets back to the dollar, and that's why the. Um, that's why she's visit to the Gulf. If they if they break if they break the U.S. oil contract, the U.S. dollar oil contract, that would hasten the demise of the dollar, and then hopefully we would be able to live in a more peaceful world, uh, where um, uh, small countries, weak countries, are are treated with just as much respect as big and powerful ones. That's um the good point you made there. Uh, <clears throat> Let's uh, talk about one more issue since you talk about uh, U.S. Uh, surrounding China and uh, uh, having uh, all of that. Uh, so uh, what's going on in Taiwan? Uh, uh, there was some uh, activity when the uh, congressional people uh, last year visited uh, Taiwan and uh, Taiwan is coming to the point well, I guess it's uh, our time is up. So, I will, next time, Dan. <laughs> yeah, we will have to continue the next time. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jeff, and good day.